Welcome to Connecting Greeks, a streaming comedy show and podcast designed to explore and enhance Greek culture around the world. Join hosts Angelo, Adi, and Foti as they bring you fun and interesting guests from all walks of Greek life. Grab a cafedaki and join us. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another fantastic episode of Connecting Greeks, the show where we take fun, interesting, cool, amazing Greeks from around the world, and we get to know them, uh, we chat with them, we see the similarities, the differences, and believe me, there's a lot of similarities between all Greeks, no matter where they're from, no matter what they do, uh, and we find this out every week, and, and it amazes me every time. I'm Ari, thank you so much for joining us. With me is my co-host, Foti Stamos. Hello, Foti. Gasu Ari. How are you? Good. I can't believe it's been already a week since we talked. I know. It's amazing. But what's more amazing is all the way over in L.A. is Mr. Amazing himself, Angelo Tsarugas. Hello, Angelo. How are you? I appreciate that you recognize <laughs> that you can associate my name with the word amazing. Uh, <laughs> always. Guys, always miss you guys. Adi, uh, Forti. Uh, we're, we're having fun. You know what? I'm going to say this. We're having fun doing this. And like it's all Greek collaborations. We haven't fought. We actually like what we're doing. We're getting along. That's uh, not a person. Until, you know, because like, you know, it's always like, you know, because I always say connecting Greeks, we should call it, you know, clobbering Greeks because sometimes, <laughs> but we keep, we keep it light. We were having fun. And I think we've really been getting great guests. And today is, no, as you can see, I'm in a Toronto state of mind. Yeah, it's like my second home. Yes, I'm from Montreal. Yeah, I was raised in Ottawa, but I had ten of the most amazing years of my life in that city, and uh, it changed my life going to Toronto, and it's still in my heart. And when I first got there, um, you know, I made new friends, and I was exposed to one of the probably one of the best Greek towns in the world. And I don't know if you guys have been there, but it was when I was there. And uh, I got to meet some interesting people and make some wonderful friends. And our guest coming up, I put him first in the friends category because to me, he's one of the most decent, kind-hearted people I've met. And uh, together with his family, they have created something very, very special. Um, Cinespace Studios uh, is a Toronto uh, company that houses film and television projects there in Chicago. They're doing all kinds of things. Uh, arguably, I think the largest independent film studio, I think in North America, everybody, they've had Oscar winning films. I've uh, worked in those facilities and, and unbeknownst to me, I got to meet um, uh, this family. So I'm going to introduce my, my friend and uh, the man who's now the face and the force of Cinespace Studios, my friend Dimitrios, Jim Merkopoulos. Welcome to Connecting Greeks, Jim. Thank you very, very much. And uh, you're too kind in, in the introduction. I feel more honored <laughs> to be joining you guys. I congratulate you on this, this effort. It's so fun to catch up with Greeks all over the world and listen to what the exciting things people are doing. And I, I'm honored to be here. Thank you very, very much. First of all, Jim, I want to say I love your hair and I'm loving the beard. <laughs> and uh, you have a wonderful family. <clears throat> you don't I'm telling the guys this because it's interesting what's happening. I met uh, the late, great, your uncle, Nick Mercopolis, who, uh, along with your father and your uncles, and <clears throat> created Cinespace Studios. And, I mean, if you see these facilities, and what's interesting to me, even when I did a little bit of research, Jim, you guys are like five stars on Google. I mean, they Google and Yelp Studios. And it's like, I think you run the studios, the way you would uh, treat your family and, and, and anybody that I've ever spoken to that has filmed or worked there says the same thing. And it's interesting to me because it's like, if there's a problem, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't, it's hard to get that anymore. And you would think associated to that. So let, I, I just want to know, first of all, Jim, so how did you, obviously it's family business. Mm -hmm. But this isn't just a regular business. How did you get involved? Did you want to? Were you? How did it work? 
First, I'll touch on what you just mentioned. That that ethos that you just talked about is the Greek entrepreneur's ethos. So when a Greek builds something, whether it's a restaurant, a film studio, a construction business, the client is like a family member. And you know, early on, when Nick first started this business, I'll tell you how we got into it. He realized uh, that the family DNA, which is really the Hellenic DNA, resonated very well with the film industry. Hard work, creativity, entrepreneurial drive, and loyalty and giving back to the community. The film industry loved that. So that's how Nick developed this reputation of this crazy, this crazy Greek, he's turning a steel plant into the biggest studio in Canada. Like he just developed this amazing reputation based on things that are Hellenic traits. So a, a lot of Greek businesses have that. And we're just very fortunate to be, to be one of them. But to tell the origin story, uh, my late uncle, God rest his soul, he was the consummate entrepreneur. He just always wanted to do different things. And he was technically trained at the Siemens Institute in Germany as an electrician. And he came to Toronto. He just saw this city in the late 1960s, just blowing up. And he said to the other brothers, come on over. And my, the second oldest out of the five brothers was my father, Lazarus. And he got him right away, started to try to do some construction. The fifth brother came over, uh, my uncle, Steve, who's, who's our CEO today. He's a new, he was trained nuclear engineer. He went to U of T for nuclear engineering. And they eventually they all joined in together in construction. And uh, Uncle Nick found this seven acre steel plant in downtown Toronto that was for sale. He says, guys, we should buy this old steel plant. And of course, the other brothers not being trained as entrepreneurs yet. said, we, we don't understand the vision. What do you see here? He said, well, we can build big fabricating spaces, 25, 30 feet high and welders can build spiral staircases, spaces that don't exist in Toronto right now. So late 1988, they closed on a, a huge steel plant in the east end of the city, started building these large, what would have been like industrial units that are very high. And all of a sudden, uh, as you know, Angelo, in the late eighties, our, our dollar was at only 67 cents of the American dollar. So mm-hmm. we were getting a lot of production trying to come up here, but they were, they were short on space. Right. So location managers just started calling my uncle and said, can we have four of those units? And can we please get them for six months, but just knock the walls down. And all of a sudden that's when Nick realized that there was a real market here that needed to be addressed. So he got on a plane to Los Angeles Spent some time there to figure out what was going on, the, the industry, how could he get more people to Toronto, came back, and then literally overnight, Cinespace Film Studios was born. And he started to um, convert uh, a steel plant into a 250,000 square foot studio facility. And then overnight, Cinespace became the biggest in Canada and, and years later, uh, the largest private uh, operation in North America. So it's an amazing entrepreneur story, and it's a classic Hellenic story, hard work giving your blood, sweat and tears, pouring it onto the, the, the asphalt and the property so people can see it. And then they, the, good, the good people reward you for, for the hard work and they come back and they bring the next project and the next project. That's how it all started. So you know, cool. Jim, you know, Jim, I would sit there with you. We go to these events when I lived in Toronto, guys, and Nick would grab me with the little cigars he used to like to smoke. <laughs> and he, he was real Greek, but balls. Because yes. he told me, I would ask him, and he goes, we had the facilities. So I go to him, what did you do? What did I do? I got on the airplane. I went to Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, crazy. I mean, there's, you know, this is something when people ask about entrepreneurs yeah. or enterprising, sometimes, I mean, like you said, you had the stuff, they called them, they had no space. Now Toronto, if you go to Toronto now, your, your studios are amazing. All these shows, guys, that are being filmed now in Toronto, like Rain. And Chicago, I remember being on set with you, Jim, when they were doing Chicago back when the one that won the Oscars with Richard Gere and, um, and Zeta Jones. And I mean, you've seen all these people and even on Kipling Avenue, when we go to the other ones where Frank and those guys are, Mm -hmm. which you helped me with uh, introducing me to people as well. And you go to these massive studios and these big productions and Jim, let's go get a cafe. They have a little coffee shop there and we'd sit down and he would, and it was funny because uh, your uncle Nick, Nick would just tell me stories. And I, and it was, I was fascinated. Yeah. Like you said, very smart guy, very smart guy. He was an engineer, electrician, like your dad, like your uncles, but to get it, to get into something like this, this isn't, this, this is not a restaurant. This isn't a, a barber shop. Yeah. This isn't like dry cleaners. Yeah. You're, you're making, you're facilitating the elite Hollywood of the world. Yep. And he, and, and he realized, and he realized that, that, you know, by being 
smart and entrepreneurial and working hard, you could get so far. But he realized there was another level of penetration in Hollywood. So he started to figure out, okay, this Greek family is opening up a studio operation. Is this going to be enough? So he says, who can I bring on to help, you know, raise the level of credibility of this operation? So, Angela, you probably know the story of this impresario gentleman that used to be employed by the Royal York Hotel. He's a legend in Toronto named Gino Empri. If you yes, Google I him, did know Gino. you'll know yes. all about this guy. Yes. This guy in the classic old days of Sinatra coming to Toronto, if, if Sinatra was at the Royal York and he needed something in the middle of the night, illicit, Gino was the guy <laughs> that had a little room That's in the right. hotel says, what do you need? I'll go get it for you. Boom, boom, boom. Got it. As a result, Gino Empri was a legend in Hollywood because of all the facilitation he would do for these big, big stars that came wow. to Toronto. So Nick brought him on staff and said, Gino's our PR and our marketing guy. So Gino, make all the calls to everyone, you know, in Hollywood, tell them about this place. Boom. Gino stayed on for two, one, two years. I can't remember what it was. All of a sudden, everybody knew about Cinespace. Everybody knew about Nick and everyone knew that Gino was our PR guy. So that was kind of how we got to the next level up to wow. sort of penetrate, uh, you know, to penetrate that. But, you know, Jim, the insight that Nick had, I'm going to get Gino. Now, Gino Empry was an interesting, he wore capes. He was a publicist <laughs> for Playboy Canada. I, I had used some of this up with him. He, he used to book the Imperial Room at the Royal York Hotel. Yeah. He knew everybody at the film festival, Tony Bennett, Susan, Aunt Madonna. I mean, seriously, like wow. Jim's right. It, but to have the insight to say, look, if we're going to step up to the next level, yeah. what do you do? You work with the right people, you pay them, and in results, you get the results you're looking for. And thus, the product that is Cinespace Studios today. But I always like the fact, though, Jim, because, because you're working in this world, but you guys were always active in the communities in Toronto, the HHF, the, the church. You know, uh, whether it was a member of parliament who was Greek, I always saw... How, uh, because I was at most of the events with you guys. And I also saw that, yes, you had this corporate world and image that you have, but you never strayed away from who you guys were. And I think, like you said earlier, that's what they liked in Hollywood, that it wasn't bullshit. It was like, look, this is how we do business. If we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. A lot of Greeks have that ethos, as you said. And I think at the end of the day, that's what people resonate to so the secret formula sometimes i think for success is if you're going to say something and then you deliver it yeah why wouldn't you work with these people again yeah exactly right and that's the other part of nick's legend is and and how he became a legend on his own is there'd be a producer from disney walking through one of the newer spaces on a friday and he's walking on a dirt floor he says nick we're moving in here on monday (laughs) there's a dirt floor he says yeah yeah there'd be concrete on monday don't worry about it (laughs) producer is like no it's not gonna be concrete here comes in monday freshly poured cured ready concrete ready to go and he's like i can't believe this this is is (laughs) mind-boggling to me how this happened well that story is still told by that same producer we're now going 33 years later so (laughs) those are the things that stay in people's mind when they get exemplary service when miracles happen in front of you know it's all it's always it's all about you know under promising over delivering and making sure people leave happy because they'll remember the great experiences much much longer than the, the you know they'll remember the bad ones so we really wanted to make an impression as a family and in terms of giving back that's a hellenic ethos as well is it you know, if you're successful yes your duty is to, to give back that's not your money that you made that's the guy upstairs who gave right. you two arms two legs a working brain working eyes you know to work hard so how do you pay it back? You pay it back to the community, to the people that need it most. And I think it was most impactful in, um, in Chicago. You know, we support a lot of causes up here too, but in Chicago, we landed in a very, very bad area of Chicago, uh, North Lawndale, very, very bad area, but we found a 50 acre steel plant. It was like Nick was uh, reborn again down there and yeah. just created this massive, massive campus. And he said to the producers, we're talking like we start, we landed there in 2009, the studio officially opened 2011. And he said to the, um, sorry, to the union heads, he says, hey, guys, you have a problem on this, on my studio campus. He said, Nick, what's the problem? He said, the color of your crews doesn't match the color of the community. You've got to change that. You can't take 50 acres of this prime land and bring tens of millions of dollars from Hollywood and, and not leave a good footprint when you leave. You have to leave a good footprint. And one way to do it is get some of the black youth. You know, what, there was a local alderman, uh, a local black alderman who, who Nick had given him uh, an office space on the uh campus 
And he said to him, any kids that you have that are already in trouble in a minor way, bring them here. And let's see if we can help them turn it around. So Nick would hire these kids to push a broom, lift a box, move some cables from here to there. And if they showed up to work for six weeks in a row, every day, seven o'clock, clock in properly after lunch, Nick would sponsor them to the union. And to get a union card in Chicago is not a small amount. It's almost prohibitive. It's, you know, five or $6,000 U.S. So then uh, when they saw how successful the project was and really got kids to turn their lives around, uh, we hired a local lady in the community. My cousin Alex in Chicago really spearheaded a lot of this um, and uh, along with Uncle Nick. And they found a lady to come on board and they started what's called the the Nick Markopoulos Internship Program, which is take 20 kids uh, from the community, bring them in put them two weeks in the wardrobe department, two weeks in the art department, uh, two weeks on locations, two weeks as carpentry, see what they like. And if they finish the whole project, again, we pay for their, uh, their union ticket. And these are kids that sometimes are going from gangs and, and, and drugs being their only, you know, real option for making money to making 70, 80, $90,000 a year in a matter of, you know, three or four months. So it's a pretty amazing program. Um, And Nick did all this well before all the, uh, BIPOC and you know in minority have to have a certain minority in your in in, in your, on your in, on your production and as a result you know NBC Universal and Fox were our big clients in the Chicago lot all of a sudden HBO started calling saying hey, tell us about this program Warner Brothers started calling saying tell us about this program this was all from Nick's heart and wow. from seeing here's a guy who has his head down on the grindstone building a business but he's also he had that innate ability to look up and look around and say whoa, whoa the colors of the crews and the community don't match we're not helping the community if we're just bringing trucks and money into here, but we're not, we're just paying property tax. We've got to do something else. So it's a very successful project. And we're much, we're, we're not only very proud of it, but we're, we're just, we're just, Nick was years ahead of his time. We're much more poised to have a huge community impact down there rather than Toronto, which is a pretty, you know, a pretty well-to-do city. Every area we had a studio in Toronto was for the most part, a, a pretty good part of the city. So Nick just had that, a bit. he had it in his heart. He always wanted to give back. And that's a lesson that, uh, my cousin Alex now, who now runs the Chicago operation, takes with him. He lives by it. And we do the same thing here in Toronto. That's incredible. Oh. But you know, Jim, you, you just, Filotimo. Filotimo. Absolutely. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to fucking say it again. Filotimo. <laughs> it's not just building a business. Yes. It's Filotimo. He, the man is a visionary. Yes, yes, you have business. Yes, you do that. He looked around. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tribute this. I'm going to, I'm going to blow. I'm going to say this for the Greeks. Meskovi. It cuts us as I make the jokes about, but it's true. Yeah. You went there. He right away identified that. Look in this neighborhood, what, the, what we're doing here is not jiving because it's an insight and it's an, I think you can be as educated as you want. If, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Right. He, the man clearly saw that yeah. and said, we're going to go there. And as a result, he didn't do it to get more business. He's saying, look, if we're going to work here in this neighborhood and this part of Chicago, this is what we need to do. Right. And then what happens, like you said, way before woke culture, cancel culture, anything, mm-hmm. he thought about it saying, and if these kids work and earn it, I'm going to sponsor them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, like I'm, I'm going to go there. We're going to put it in for the unions so they can have good lives. And you see, that's an example of what the world should be doing, not just in your situation and a lot of situations. Correct. And that's why we have this show to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. We need to have dialogue. Yep. And, you, and, and the last thing I know about the Mercopolis family, you're not braggers. You're not show-offs. You're major players. You don't have to act or talk about it. Correct. And to me, I admire that so much. I've always admired that about you, Jim and your family and your business, because I understand how you guys do things. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when I heard about what the other, and this is what I want to bring into this, Jim, is uh, you put together or, or you were part of, I'm not sure. Maybe you can explain to us the whole thing. Now guys for audience 40 to know they put it, I think it's either you put it together. It was brought to you together that all this film stuff that's going to Greece mm-hmm. Jim is part of this whole movement. Oh, and wow. that's another reason why I want him to come on. Because you were in LA, you were in England. You were, and, and tell us, Jim, about this whole thing that's happening now. Sure. And now there's a boom in Greece right now. Because yep. they're filming shit all over Greece right now. Yep. 
I'll tell you the, the, the whole, the whole story. Nick always, of course, had, had a love for his homeland that never left him. So I joined the company in, uh, uh, I did my, I did my uh, university undergrad degree. I did my MBA at York. I worked for a bank for two years. I hated it. Mm. So in, uh, in the year 2000, after I quit the bank and I was just doing some promotional stuff on my own, the uncles, uh, and, and my dad said to me, it's getting busy. If the, if you want to jump on now's the time, because we could really use the help. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, and then Nick right away, the year 2000, he said, Dimitri says, uh, Athens got the Olympics. They're scrapping the old airport. It could be the biggest studio in the Balkans. Start writing letters, start doing proposals. So I have emails from the year 2000 <laughs> to do studios on the, on the actual Helenikon airport in, uh, in Athens. The original and, one. That's right. The original one. And unfortunately, as, as we've too often heard, every administration after every administration just could not see the forest for the trees, as they say. They didn't have Nick's vision. And uh, it just fell on deaf ears and fell on deaf ears. And the last major feature film to shoot in Greece was Mamma Mia in 2007. And of course, after that, the economy tanked. And there was no realistic way for a project to go there and have a lot of success. It would have the odd location shoot, but nothing, no critical mass. So after, you know, we, we, of course, blew up the West End of Toronto. We blew up Chicago. And then my cousin calls me from Chicago. He says, says, I got a call from uh, Alexei Tsipras' office, Prime Minister of Greece. He's, he's flying to the United States. And on the way to Washington, he wants to stop in Chicago to meet with us. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, after only after 17 years. I said, <laughs> and he says, can you come down? So my uncle and I flew down and we met the prime minister. And he had a, 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 some really smart guys with him. I can't remember. It was the minister of, uh, te- of telecommunications, as I understand, and, and his staff. And uh, he came in. And of course, you know, Uncle Nick had passed um, uh, four years prior to that in 2013. And he looked at the big memorial photo we have. He says, wow. He says, uh, you obviously pay a lot of tribute uh to to your uncle and and my uncle steve said to him you know yeah he says you know he he died very he he passed he passed peacefully in, in northern greece in the same house he was born in he says but the one he didn't he wasn't able to bring this amazing industry to greece and the prime minister says that's what i'm here to talk to you about today so we went to the boardroom sat around the table he says guys he says i have a stack of letters from you this high <laughs> in the government office and he said, is it too late? That's my question to you today. Is it too late? And I said, no, Mr. Prime Minister. I said, if you have a sustainable tax credit, and Ontario is a good example, and Illinois is a good example, Michigan is a bad example, Atlanta is a bad example, but these two jurisdictions are good examples that we're in of sustainable tax credits. And if you implement one, uh, Greece has so much going for it. I mean, you should, you should get business you know, interest right away. And he said, what's a good number? I said, well, you know, in Ontario, it's, uh, you know, at that time, I think we were dabbling. We were at 21.5. I said, in, 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 in Chicago, it's a 30%, you know, a 25% rebate to producers to reward them for the spend, you know, would be a good place to start. Well, leftist government or no leftist government, some people say leftists are not pro-business. This guy put his people to work and within three months, they had a 25% tax rebate in Greece, wow. which is a very competitive wow. tax rebate for uh, a film, film rebate for the EU. So they started getting some interest. This was in uh, October of 2017, uh, Prime Minister Tsipras' visit. So in all of 2018, they had uh, some, some nibbles here, a couple location shoots here and there. A lot of um, co-productions from Europe would go there, take advantage of the 25%, but nothing really, really tangible. So there was a guy there who called me from the telecommunications office. He says, what else can we do? I said, well, Alex and I go to our sales trip every January. Why don't you come there and come to our meetings with us? We'll show pictures and we'll talk about it. And, and what we should also do is, is plan a familiarization tour. We call it in the industry, we call it a fam tour. Where 20 producers, for example, come right. to Ontario. The Ontario government pays for their airfare, their hotel, their meals. And they take them to studio, to location, to visual effects house, to show them our infrastructure. And I said to the gentleman, I said, this is what we should do. He says, okay, I'm coming to, uh, uh, to Los Angeles with you. So Alex and I go to our Los Angeles meetings in January. And we rented, um, you know, on um, on uh, in Beverly Hills, the Greek restaurant Avra. Avra, that's right. The yes. new one, which I haven't right. been to yet, by the way. My wife's been five times. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! So they have a beautiful back room. So we rented a cinema space. We rented the entire back room, and we said to um, the Greek government, "Come, put up some items and display. We're going to feed people the amazing food. We're going to give them our amazing homelands wine." And we're going to just romance them and tell them about the the tax credit and really advertise it. So uh, we did that. 
And we got a huge uptake. There was 50 people crammed in that room that night. Everybody wolfing down appetizers. I, I missed it by a day. Remember you called me, Jim? I remember. I well, remember. Jim calls me. He goes, come and hang out, right? Because so, and I missed you. I don't know where the hell I was. I that's remember. okay. I that's okay. Defense stuff. So the, the government representative announces, he says, listen, in May of this year, May of 2019, we're going to do a familiarization tour in Greece. And we want you to be our guests. Here's the sign-up sheet. Well, there was a mad rush for the sign-up sheet. They thought there was an upper limit. Wow. Right. And he says, I don't have the, they were the dates. He said, I don't have the exact dates, but when I go back to Greece in three weeks, I'll know everything. So in May of 2019, we had uh, Alex and I and some key partners in Greece escorted 20 film and TV production executives, the physical production executives. These are the people who make the decisions on what countries to go to, to bring the big shots, big shots that make the locational decisions right. came to Greece. I'm talking about like top companies like Netflix, Amazon, NBC. Yeah. Warner Brothers, Disney, Legendary, Endeavor Content, uh, Focus Features, HBO, A&E, and a representative from the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, which represents all the studios on legal issues, for example. They came to, they all came to Greece. And for 10 days, uh, ourselves, along with our Greek partners, uh, showcased the very best locations that we could into a collapsed time frame. So um, I, had, I had to remind myself the itinerary because it was now going on two years ago. Uh, uh, Athens, of course, took them to the Acropolis Museum. We gave them a beautiful dinner that night. The next day we went to an existing studio um, outside of Athens called Kappa Studios, where I think they filmed, uh, they, they shot the TV show, The Voice. Uh, we introduced them there to local suppliers and local production houses that could welcome them and do their location business for them. Uh, we went and had a cocktail party at the Onassis Cultural Center. The next day, we got on to um, uh, two yachts, and we went to uh, Idra, a beautiful island, mm-hmm. and to nearby nice. Spetsa, and we stayed, we stayed overnight on the beautiful island of Spetsas. The next day, we went to Nafplio and showed them the entire town. And then for three days, the last three days, we, that, was, that was up until that point, there was a week. And then the last three days, three days we took them to Kalamata, and they stayed at the Costa Navarino. But nice. you, the Western you, Resort, beautiful. It is gorgeous. If you if you know that area, that we took them for location filming options. We took them to the Methoni Castle. We took them to Pilos. We took them to uh, Profitis Elias Church, and and we didn't overwhelm them. We let them enjoy Greece. We let them enjoy the food. Let them enjoy the wine, the sights, and let the machines in their brains start to turn and say, "Wow!" By that time, they had raised the tax rebate from. Uh, 25 to 30 percent so they even made it even more enticing so they started to get excited well we saw immediate results from that effort by august of that year i was actually in greece uh late that summer i'm getting on the plane and a toronto client calls me he says a guy named sean ryan he says jim he says please tell me you're in greece i said i am he said but i'm just about to leave i'm literally boarding the plane now he says I'm coming in two weeks to shoot my uh, Amazon TV series Treadstone on Mykonos. We have a big sequence there. Wow. And that's an NBC Universal produced that project for Amazon, as I remember. I said, that is amazing. I said, NBC was one of our clients. Here. He says, I heard about the tour. I heard about the, the rebate. We're coming to Mykonos. It's done. We're only shooting in, in Budapest. That's our headquarters. So for us, it's a short haul flight and we're very excited. Can you stay and be part of it? And I said, Dude, I said, I have seven kids and a Greek wife. If I tell her as she, I'm boarding the plane right now, I'm staying to be a producer on an eye on the Mykonos. <laughs> a a guys, show. you didn't hear wrong. Seven yeah. kids. What? Bravo. You got seven children and a beautiful I wife. I the time to do that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't sleep. But so, so I said <laughs> to the guy, seven kids. I said to the guy, I'm walking up to the top of the stairs to get into the plane. I said, my wife will throw me off head first if I, I said, Good luck to you. You're hiring the best company. They will look after you. Everything will go great. And I just and thank you for bringing the business to Greece. He says, no, thank you for you know for the the whole NBC thing. And so that was, of course, late 2019. We had a major TV series shoot there. It went very very well. The government, as the first major client back to Greece, the government looked after them. They streamlined the permit system in Greece, which was important. There used to be a separate office if you wanted to shoot at an archaeological site and a separate film printing office. They merged them to streamline the process. It used to be that going to Greece was a logistical nightmare. I have to give that leftist government that just left credit. They really got the affairs of the film stuff in order before they were defeated in the election because because the experience of NBC was amazing. It was seamless. I called the producer after. I said, what do you think? He said, we're going to bring more business there. We loved it. Unfortunately, we had COVID in March of uh, 2020. 
2020 was going to be the big year in Greece. Big fat Greek wedding. We'd already introduced uh, Tom Hanks' company to our Greek partners to do the budget. Uh, Nia had, had written a good chunk of the script to happen in Greece. Unfortunately, because a lot of the cast members are in their senior years, very in the, in, at the biggest risk category for COVID, mm-hmm. they just said, you know what, guys, no matter if Greece, if Greece's travel is open and, and, and they have COVID under control, I think we're going to wait, you know, push till next year and cross our fingers. All the cast members are still, are still with us. So 2020 was not the year that we'd hoped for, for reasons we could not control. But just like you touched on, Ange, this year is going to be huge in Greece. God willing that, you know, COVID stays under control. I saw a Greek report article the other day where they quoted the government saying, there are already 18 projects slated to shoot in 2021. Yes. I think Costas, Costas shot one early in the year, right? When it was still snowing, I heard on the podcast. Yeah. Costas was there. Right. shot one. Right. And Nia, Nia's look, the thing with Nia, you're right, is insurance. It's not the production problem because of COVID and the elderly cast, it's the insurance. Okay. And Chris Phillip, who's a friend of mine at Starlings, you know, Chris. Yeah. He's doing Alexander the Great, the series. Uh, I've heard about that That's project. The big thing. The same yeah. people did Vikings. And I'm very oh, yeah. good friends right. with Chris. And they're going to Greece <clears throat> to do this. So, I mean, you know, good on them and good on you guys. Because, you see, that's how you that's how you do business. All those people that you took to Greece, just what you told me. I mean, they went back thinking, well, this was amazing. You got to make it work. And that's the most gratifying part. The other projects that are happening this summer, you may or may not heard about. Um, Jack Reacher, which is an Amazon project. Yeah. Well, the Amazon guy was with us. Um, the oh, other one is going yeah. there. Uh, yes, yeah. Sorry, it's, it's it's just called Reacher because they are producing another project called Jack Ryan, which has the same guy named Jack. So they're producing two projects in Greece this summer, major location shoots. Reacher, which is the, this TV series continuation of Jack Reacher, and and Jack Ryan is going to Greece as well. I don't know if you heard the other, just last week it came out. Uh, Netflix is shooting the Knives Out sequel in Greece. Yes, with uh, Daniel Craig. I just right. saw that. Right. Netflix was uh, one of our guests there wow. as well. Um, David Cronenberg, a, a luminary director in Canada, is budgeting to shoot in Greece this summer. And of course, uh, you know, we hope Nia Vardalis as well. So I think I think that lady's from the Greek government. I think her, her expectation was $90 million, 90 million euros is the expected location cash outlay of the projects going to Greece in 2021. And I think that one that I talked about, Treadstone, for the short period of time they shot in Mykonos, a week or whatever it was, 500 um, uh, million, uh, sorry, 500,000 uh, euros were spent in the span of a week on Mykonos. Oh my God. Pretty, pretty significant. So that's why we've been hammering and why Uncle Nick has been hammering for who had been hammering for, for since 2000, because he was trained as an electrician. He got into construction. He saw the value of real estate, but he saw this business that was unlike any other business. Because how many industries can you say where a, a gentleman or a lady gets off a plane with a briefcase of cash and they say, I'm coming to your jurisdiction to spend $80 million in this exact geographical area in the next six months? There's no business like that. And that's, and that's what we explained to the Greek government, as they said, there is no industry like this. In terms of economic stimulus, it, there's nothing like this. If you promise, let's say you promise Volkswagen, Volkswagen is going to come to Greece and build a plant. You can promise Volkswagen tax breaks and free property and this and that. But by the time they build the plant and they get the equipment mm-hmm. and then they hire the Greek employees, this could be three, four or five years down the line. We're talking about an impact that's immediate, like literally in the next several months. And then the spillover to catering, car rentals, hotels, mm-hmm. carpentry, painters, uh, you name it, anything. And then yeah, the list about, goes on and on. Right. Talk about off hours rentals of the Acropolis. Like the what we what these people were pleasantly surprised about Greece was and, and I actually have a uh, am I allowed, allowed to show a photo here can I share my screens yeah, yeah whatever you want the photo I'm most proud of from our trip was when we went to uh, Kappa Studios um, we asked all of the service providers uh, in Greece to join us uh, small production houses that could that could come and meet the clients from all Los Angeles to talk about what they do and each one got up for five minutes and said We've been doing service for 10 years. We do little visual effects on the side. We also own some lights and some cable, you know, let us know. Here's my business card. 
And the one, so the, so the photo I'm most proud of, it still says disabled screen sharing, but that's okay. We're Wait, not, let me, let me, let me, I'm going to make you host. Yeah, no problem. What, what I was going to say is we had a room full of 200 people. Okay. You're all set. 20, you know, 20 people from Los Angeles, 180, you know, Greek service providers, visual effects houses, post-production houses, caterers, location managers, all, you know, coming to, to, to basically talk, talk about what it is they wanted to, how, how they could help. This is the photo I'm most proud of. We're inside the Kappa Studios. Here's all the Los Angeles people. And on the left is all the service providers that were filing into the studio to talk about um, all the services they provided. And then the best part was the, the Los Angeles clients got to ask, you know, how do you guys handle, are you unionized? How you guys, what happens if you run over a 12 hour day? Like, what is the impact? There's a gentleman from the government addressing the, uh, the crowd, answering a bunch of questions. We got to mingle with them a little bit, talk about the kinds of uh, things that they did. And then there was a presentation about all the, uh, you know, the amazing, uh, the amazing things that Greece has to offer. In fact, actually, I could just play. There's like a thirty second, uh, thirty second. Can I play this really quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll blow it, blow up the screen and hit play, and let me get go here. Look at you all high tech, Jim. <laughs> Love it. You guys hear it too? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Great. Amazing. I love that ending, Jim. Your story, our business. Right. Bravo. I mean, that. that Jim, I just want to say very quickly, my whole entire life has been dedicated to Greece and Hellenic things. And, you know, every single day I deal with something Greek. And that was very moving and inspired, inspired, very inspiring. Produced by the Greek government of all things. Like, how amazing. Really? So, So a nice surprise was while the clients were in Los Angeles, the government jacked it up to 35% and prime minister Mitsotakis has just jacked up to 40%. It's now oh, the wow. most, it's now the most competitive uh, filmed rebate in all the EU. Um, we have so much momentum there. We have so much going for us. If just, if we can get rid of this COVID nonsense, we're going to have a great year. So we're so gratified that, um, you know, the one part of uncle Nick's legacy, besides the community building here in Toronto and Chicago and giving back, uh, he really wanted to bring this industry back to Greece. Even if we never build a studio there one day, we're just so happy that industry members are going back to Greece. My cousin Alex got two calls last week from some of the early, early producers at um, at our Chicago campus. One was for Transformers, which, the, you know, the Transformers back in 20, 2009, 2010, I guess, that shot in Chicago. And the other producer of the Divergent series. And they both said within 40 hours, they both called me and said, I'm in Greece this summer. You know, are you going to be here? Come, come and visit the set. And, and he said the same thing to both of them. He said, man, if Uncle Nick could hear that, how happy would he be? Well, he could see us right now and, and the success we're having. He's happy. But, man, what an amazing industry to bring back. So after we left the Kappa Studios, we get back on the bus. All the clients turn to me and they say, how does everyone know how to speak English? I said, well, that's the amazing part about Greece. Not only are the technicians amazing at what they do, because Greece has like a 100-year cinematic history, yeah. uh, but they... Just like Canada, where we're forced, you know, in elementary school, gun to the head to learn French. In Greece, uh, many people learn English either in day school or they go after school and they learn English because they want to. So all the crew members there and the producers were speaking to our clients in Greek. And they said, this blows us away. Every jurisdiction we go to in the EU, these people are struggling to put a sentence together. We like we've shot movies in Bulgaria and nobody understands what we're saying. We have to hire a Bulgarian guy to be the intermediary. And there's envelopes of cash, you know, left, right, center. We said, no, 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 no. Greece has turned the corner on all that stuff. And if you give them a chance, you'll be very, very happy with the result. So really the, the success story here is the Greek crews uh, that have made it through very difficult years uh, with almost no business. They've stuck to their craft. They've made small, as you know, Angela, low budget Greek cinema over the last 10, 12 years to get through this really, really low point. And I get so many calls and emails saying, thank you for doing this. I said, no, you, thank you guys for still being in this business. This was going to happen organically at some point. We just wanted to light a fire under it to really get it boiling. So we're very, very happy with how things are going. And, you know, if Greece has a good year, uh, they're going to break records in a big way, in a big way. So well, that's incredible. Oh, Jim, it's, it's phenomenal. Like, I mean, everything we're, you've captivated all of us, like we're mm-hmm. listening. And here's the thing. Everybody always says this, and, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put artists on the spot. <laughs> I went back to Greece to do um, a, a show that we filmed at the Kakoyanis Foundation. We gave the money when we were there. 
I went back again and I said, if everybody does a little bit, just a little bit, you know, like you guys are doing, you got, you got families, you got business. If everybody does a little bit to help, because there was always that cynicism in Greece that uh, the Greeks from the diaspora, they don't care. I think we care more than they know. Yeah. And you're a, a good example, you and the team that went and did that. Now look what's happening. <clears throat> I mean, if you didn't care about it, if you didn't care to prosper, if we didn't care about doing the show, then we wouldn't care about it. We'd say, nah, I, got, I got better things to do. But we, we all give a shit. And the thing is, what I admire about it, and it's such a great example, and I hope people who are going to watch this specific episode with you are going to come away with something that if we all just do a little bit, mm-hmm. it's going to make life better there. And ultimately, I think it's all like you said, like your uncle next dream, like my dad's dream, like all our parents, man. I, I honestly think when the Greeks love Greece in their brain, it was temporary. Yeah. You know, and I do a joke where my dad says, well, I'm going to go to Canada for four or five years. I'm not <laughs> staying longer. And then I'm going to go back to Greece. Well, we know what happened. <laughs> but, but it's still engraved. Yeah. I think we carry that within us also. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like you said, that to go to Greece. And now look what's happening. Yeah. All these things. Like now, uh, Daniel, I just saw the Knives Out thing. Yeah. They're going to Greece. And yeah. what monkey see, monkey do, right? right. And that's right. what happens in Hollywood. Now, now you, I know you guys have no space in Toronto because you're just jammed. Pretty busy. <laughs> Pretty busy. Chicago and Toronto is just packed. It is. And you're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to you know. I know you have a place in Kleinberg. Where's next? You know, Kingston, Belleville, Ottawa. I don't know. Well, you know the, the nice thing about the um, the the increased volumes coming from Netflix and Amazon is that uh, they are seeing how busy it is in downtown Toronto, and they do what I what I call spreading the gem over the toast. They're going a little bit further out. So in Ontario, we have a, a decomm- decommissioned mental institution in St. Thomas, Ontario. It's an hour and a half drive. Well, guess what? The T- the Amazon TV series, The Boys, they filmed there for like three, four weeks. Oh, wow. Um, Kingston Penitentiary. I went to school in Kingston. That's now open for filming. And it's a beautiful old limestone jail. That's three hours the other way. Shows are going there. We're talking right now to the municipality of Port Hope, where um, those scary clown movies from Warner Brothers, so the, the It movies, they yeah. shot there. They want us to manage all their downtown location filming, which is very interesting and maybe an exciting opportunity. So that's the great part about this industry is it will spread all over Greece. In fact, when we were there in, um, in 2019, the, the owner of the new Boyana studios, uh, where they shot all the Expendables movies in Bulgaria, he announced he's going to build a studio in Thessaloniki because that's a three hour drive for him. It's nothing for him to to have some studio infrastructure. Right. In I don't think he's built it yet, but you know, the, the intent is to, to do it. I hope, I hope he was, he was not just making it up. So, you will see infrastructure start to pop up all over Greece because eventually, let's say we built a studio there. Well, one studio is going to accommodate only Netflix for six weeks. And then what? You have to turn everybody else away. We need enough infrastructure to accommodate multiple projects. I think exactly what happened in Toronto, what happened in Chicago is going to happen in Greece as well. And touching on your previous point, Angela, I think it's very, very important for all of us um, that have that have the means to find a way to go back and help our brothers and sisters and, yes. and our family members 100%. in Greece. Because they, they've been, this is now, you know, at coronavirus, 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years after they went through the other thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, maybe it was God's plan. They went through the other thing. So to be ready for this thing, you know, <laughs> learn how to learn how to go back to the village and learn how to have a garden in the back. So you don't have to go to the market to buy your aguri and your tomatas, right? So the Greeks have gone through a very, very difficult time. I say, go on uh, that website, spitogatos.gr. And I say, go to your village. And if you see a horafi for sale close to your yayas house, buy it. Because you can't lose. What's the what's the downside? Lose. It's gonna go up for sure. It's gonna it's gonna. Hey, listen, so when you got the net, was Ted Sarandos on that uh, tour of Greece? No, you, no. He said he said a junior person who's in charge said, of. Um, I was gonna say because I'm trying to get Ted. I've met Ted a few times. Yeah. Once with Vince Vaughn, and I'm trying to get him as a guest on the show. But you know, oh, he's really? a, one of the most powerful people in Hollywood, if not the most powerful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the guy goes. Uh, you think you get Ted because you know Ted, Ted when I talked to him, you know, he was raised in Arizona. Yeah. And his family's from Samos. They're Samyotas, yeah. right? That's right. So I was talking to him and I was I was just getting ready to go to Greece myself. Here's the best part. When I met Ted Sarandos, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. 
I go, I just oh. another Greek guy. You know, I met him at the, at the screening of Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And, and that's where I met. And then I go, and then, and then Russell, it was Billy Gardell or somebody came up and go, you know who that guy is, right? I know yeah. he is. His name's Ted. He's a Greek guy. He's really, that's Ted Sarandos. I go, that's what? <laughs> that's Ted Sarandos. Pretty powerful that's guy. It. Pretty powerful guy. <laughs> Our last trip to Los Angeles, we uh, we left him a, a bottle of a very hard to find Greek wine and a nice bottle of olive oil. Hopefully, he appreciated that. But nice. <laughs> two trips before that, we asked for a meeting with Jim Janopoulos before he left Fox and went over to Paramount. Right. To Paramount. And so Alex and I just wanted to meet him, so we got the meeting. He sits down and he says, uh, "So guys, you know, I hear about the success in Toronto, Chicago. Congratulations." He says, "He says, what would you like to talk about?" And we just look at each other and said, we just wanted to meet you. So thank you for, for, taking, for taking this meeting. We just wanted to hang out and talk to you a little bit. And we talked a little bit about Greece, what our efforts were in Greece. He loved hearing about that. And he says, uh, what are you guys doing tonight? After, after I said, we're going to go to the Havana room. He says, oh, he says, I have a cigar locker there. He gets a card that says, of course, Jim Janopoulos, CEO. He writes on the back. Johnny or whatever the guy's name is, let these guys into my locker. He hands it to me. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right to the Havana cigar room that night. I know. I was pissed because you're at Grand Havana in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And that's when you called me. Yeah. Of all the times, I'm like, dude, I think, I'm not there. I think Billy Zane, I think Billy Zane was with us that night. But there, there was a producer with us that night from Chicago, Bob Title, who did all the barbershop movies. He's a good friend. And he's like, he, we show it to the guy at the door. He's like, is this real? I said, of course it's real. We just met with him a few hours ago. He lets us in. And Bob's like, okay, let's grab it. No, 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 no. One, one each, guys. One each. Best cigar, best cigar I've ever had. It was, and, and Jim was so gracious. Uh, and as you know, he's a big supporter of, uh, of bringing film back to yes. Greece. But um, going back to the theme of, of helping people in Greece, a little known story. Steve Stavro, who um, was a huge, huge Helene here in Toronto, who owned the Maple Leafs at one point. He owned a grocery store, made enough money to buy the Maple Leafs. Not many people know this, but his village is not far from Castoria, where my family's from. And people tell stories about he'd go, he'd go visit in the summertime and he would just go door to door in the village that he grew up in. He'd just open the door. Do you guys envelope a cash, close the door, go to the next house. <laughs> go door to door and do cash drops because he didn't want to see his people, his family members and extended family members and, and people that grew, he grew up in the village. He didn't want to see them struggling. So talk about giving back. This guy went way under the radar, knock on the door, envelope of cash, next house. You know, not everyone has the means to do that, but how amazing uh, a, a philotimo gesture is that, oh, right? Yeah. Just You want your village to thrive. And then before, of course, he passed away, he built up the platea and made it beautiful. Like it's one of the most developed, it's one of the, the villages, the smallest populations in Northern Greece with the most beautiful platea because he really <laughs> cared about his roots. And I think all of us have that in common. And and God willing, we can all meet in Greece one day as uh, film or TV producers and uh, do some projects together. Yeah, guys, just so you know, Steve Stavro was the, also the owner of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. You own the, the hockey team. What was it called? Uh, farms. Knob Hill Farms. Knob Hill Farms. Yeah, you see, you see the commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm with Knob Hill Farms. I'm with Spatatas Piofti Messi. Boston Bruins fans, yes, we know about the Maple Leafs. Oh, here we go. They're Boston fans, Jim. We hate Boston up here. They have, they have, destroyed, they have destroyed us multiple years in a row. Oh, man. And you know, guys, we get to interview Greeks from all around the world, literally, South Africa, Australia. But you got to admit, guys, the most interesting Greeks are all out of Canada. <laughs> really? yeah, you, use I, key, you use the key word, interesting. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, to, to take it back from towards the beginning of this interview, we talked about how Greeks are so hardworking and, and they become successful. But the point you made, that industry, to me, I mean, to, to a lot of people, but to me specifically – it's just such a cool industry to get into. And, and it's just amazing to hear all these stories. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been like kind of a film buff. I, I did film in college. Um, you know, now I'm a tech guy, but I love, love hearing about this. I love hearing about these types of stories. I love hearing about the, how this industry flourishes and how it helps and how it gives back. It, it's just an amazing story. And how many really, we appreciate you. Uh, what? And the fact of how many Greek Greek Americans are involved yeah. with this oh, yeah. never yeah. it's huge. And it's getting bigger every day. It's it's just an incredible industry. And uh, we just feel privileged to be a part of it. And at, at some point uh, in the past, I'm trying to remember when it was, late eighties, I think, you yeah. know, the Philotimo and the film industry merged. I remember a lady, I was working summers at Cinespace on Eastern Avenue. I remember a lady came in, 
very, very like fresh off the boat Greek. Like I could barely understand her Greek. Mm-hmm. And she was like, to my uncle. And, and he says, he gets out his checkbook and he cuts a check for 20 grand. And he hands it to her. I said, what was that all about? <laughs> and he says, uh, he says, you'll find out in a few weeks. She's about to shoot a movie and we're going to be uh, listed as a contributor. Uh, this lady had, had uh, complained to my uncle Nick that a lot of people still arriving from Greece, especially w- more importantly, women didn't understand that Canada had laws against domestic abuse. So when they it got slapped around by their husband, they didn't know there was an option to call the police or to go and speak to somebody in counseling and, and deal with the problem the way it should have been dealt with. And uh, so this lady had an idea. I said, if we could only film a dramatic um, scene of uh, wife, wife abuse, but dramatized, and then explain and then show the woman actually going for help. And then if we distribute this to churches across Canada, maybe right. one or two of these ladies will pick up the video, watch it or, or you know, quietly away from their husband and say, boy, I didn't know I, I could I could get help for this kind of thing. So the movie was called Litrosis. And it was, I guess, in 1989, 1990, like late 80s, early 90s. I, I, and I have a copy of it somewhere. Uh, my VHS doesn't work anymore because my kids jammed a, a sandwich in the, into it. So it's gone. <laughs> and try to buy a new one and go on v, on Amazon. VHS machines like $1,000. <laughs> so 59 bucks. It used to be, right? So, so anyway, so, so years later now, our biggest community effort here in Toronto is helping uh, women's shelters and helping women transition from bad relationships Good. into new lives. Because the film people, they, they film a TV series, they end up with... Brand new bedding, a new couch, new pots and pans, because they had to dress a condo or an apartment or a house. Well, these film guys, they're just going to get peanuts if they put it up for auction on, on for a set sale. But what an amazing impact to collect all these items, give them to a woman who's leaving the shelter and starting a new life. There's thousands of dollars that she doesn't need to spend to start her new life away from the abusive husband. So, oh, that's amazing. So we we help local women's shelters, but also we've gotten the film people engaged and just taking all the housewares give it to the shelter. The next woman who's on tap to leave gets this pile of, of housewares that, you know, she never would have been able to buy. So uncle Nick started this in the late eighties and look now 33 years later, you know, that little piece of his legacy continues with helping women's shelters. So that's something that we're really proud of. He was such a special guy. If we can make him smile where he is just by doing the kinds of things that he wanted to do and to continue doing, but his time was cut short. Then I know that uh, all of us will feel very happy about that. Awesome. That's, um, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. That's great. I mean, it just goes to show you that out of anything that you do, it's the people involved that make the difference. Yeah. You know, and then, if, and if people want to make a difference, they will. And I mean, this, this is, this has been great, Jim. I mean, we, we, we've already gone an hour. If you can believe I know it. That flew oh, by. That was like, gosh, cool. you had us all like this. It's and what we do about that. I, I no, no, don't apologize. <laughs> Not too much. No, 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 no. Sometimes you're pulling teeth to get people to talk. And with you, it's just like, <laughs> well, we're really excited. We're really excited about the Greece project and just the momentum we're hearing about in the last week. I mean, we couldn't be we couldn't be happier with uh, helping this industry go back to Greece. But the re- the real people that are going to be part of the welcoming of the of the business and the retention are the very very talented people in Greece that are so that have been doing this for years and years. Yeah, and now they're going to get opportunities to service the biggest Hollywood clients. And, you know, maybe the first assistant director that is normally in Greece used to shooting as a first AD, he'll take a second or a third AD position, but he'll follow two Hollywood people and he'll, he'll basically right. sponge, sponge the knowledge off them. Yeah. The next job he goes on to will be Hollywood grade. So Greece has an amazing economic opportunity and a learning opportunity. And luckily prime minister Mitsotakis understands the hard work that was done by the previous government. And what did he do as soon as he got into power? Let's make it 40%. Let's really go after the rest of the EU's business, start bringing that business uh, to Greece. So we're very, very pleased that the government has, has made those steps. It shows that they believe in the economic power and, and the good news story of this industry. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, Jim, um, hmm. seven, you got seven kids, man. I, I remember you before you had kids when you were, <laughs> you guys just got married. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, and every time I and I left Toronto, man, I lived in Toronto for ten years. So every time I go back, I'd be like, "What are we at now? Three? <laughs> it was five. Like, like gremlins, you just pour water on them and they multiply. <laughs> you got a beautiful family, Jim. That's great. And I mean, uh, I'm very proud to say you're my friend. Um, Thank you, you, brother. You guys have always been good to me over the years in Toronto. It's mutual. It's mutual. And, uh, and uh, quality. I mean, you know. 
I can't say more than what you've said. I mean, look at the the Filotimo mm-hmm. and and the pride that's instilled in it. I mean, that, that this is an example for a lot of people who are going to watch this. This is a good example of, of how we can make things just a little bit better, you know, a little bit, a little bit. And I really appreciate you coming on uh, today with us, Jim. But before I let we let you go, because mm-hmm. it's a team effort here. See, I see how I did the Greek thing for I let you go. <laughs> So before we let you go, uh, Forty, we have a little, as you know, we do a little, uh, Forty has a little special Q&A he does. All right, let's go for it. And then Ari will take it home. So, so Jim, this has been an honor and um, just so inspiring to listen to you as Greek Americans, you know. Um, it's individuals like yourselves that keep the flame for us going as Greeks. You know, whether we're Greek Canadian, Greek Americans, Greek Australians, as Angela's mentioned, we all have some common feelings inside. Absolutely. We got to know you a little bit today. I mean, and we, you know, thankfully we got introduced to you by Angelo and, and this won't be the last time. Hopefully we can develop a friendship like you did with Angelo. Absolutely. And, um, but we have a couple of questions for you to get to know you a little better. Uh, sure. So, you know, growing up as Greek, Greek Canadian in a Greek household, can you tell us, Jim, your, your favorite and least favorite Greek food growing up? Oh man, growing up, not now. Growing up, growing up. Well, hey, how about both? Both. Are they? Uh, I, 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 I dreaded fakes growing up. But, <laughs> but, but now, now with a little balsamic vinegar, it's like but, magical. It's the best. It's the wow, best. There you go. And with bread, just dipping in it. Like I ran away. I would run away from the table when I saw her smoke <laughs> fakes. Now it's a staple in the house. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I might, my, my and, and, you know, like I probably didn't enjoy seafood growing up and all these trips to Greece. We oh, go to a seaside tavern. And you're eating the, the, they show you the fish with the beautiful clear eyes. We just caught a few, a few hours ago. When you taste that, it's not like anything you've tasted, you know, at a restaurant anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so I have a new appreciation for fish. I didn't really eat it a lot growing up, but now, boy, oh boy, I have to tell you, uh, I really, really enjoy it. How things change, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you did mention um, previous, um, your roots are from Castoria. Mm-hmm. So b- were both your parents born in Greece? Are you first both, generation? Both my parents born in Castoria, absolutely. And oh. then they moved here in the late 60s and early 70s. So I'm sure that, you know, growing up, uh, you've heard your fair share of, of your parents having their classic Greek sayings. Oh, yes. Any 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 memorable Greek sayings that you can share with us? Well, I, I grew up in a household of three boys. So the first one that comes to mind right away is Tafas Xilo, right away. Right. Every, every boy, every Greek boy knows that one. Yep. Uh, and then, and then, cause, cause sometimes I was a little aloof and a little, uh, you know, in a distant world, uh, my mom would say, ah, Dimitris Peravrechi. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you, you heard that one before. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then if I, hadn't called uh, somebody in a long time or if I haven't called my mom or dad because I was away at boarding school I went away to university and you know I did my teenage years were mostly gone in my early 20s and I'd call my mom hey mom what's going on ah Santa Hionia Santa Hionia yeah just to really rub it in probably my my favorite is uh my yaya in Castoria in a little village called Calahori we just have these little chats and discussions and she would talk about how important it is to be kind to people and this and that. And she always emphasized talking about people behind their backs and don't talk about people. She was, she used to say, have you guys heard that oh, one? Oh, I like that one. Have oh, you ever heard, heard that one before? That's a good one. Yes. Because when you speak badly about people, you're you're destroying. Yes, them, right? yes. That's a good one. I that one, she somehow when she said it to me, I had that same reaction you guys just did. It just burned in my brain. I have never <laughs> forgotten it. That's the one I've taken through, you know, was in my whole life. I was young when I was having those conversations with her, and I never forgot that one. Beautiful wisdom from uh yes. the, the grandparents. I'm gonna use that. Yeah, absolutely. And then last but not least, Jim, um, you know, whether we believe it or not, you know, as Greeks, we're super superstitious. <laughs> sure, sure. Is there any is there any superstition that you still live by? You know, I didn't have many growing up, to be honest with you. But being married to a Greek woman, I've got a whole, <laughs> bunch, of, a whole bunch of new ones. I'll tell you the one I never thought would bo- would bother me because it's now part of me is my wife would always say, 
you know, like we'd be getting ready to go somewhere for New Year's Eve. And now, of course, with kids, we don't really go anywhere anymore. But I always remember her saying, well, we've got to vacuum the house and clean the pots and pans and everything. Because on New Year's Day, the house has to be spotless. Right. God forbid the house is not spotless on New Year's Day. Because doesn't that mean that your house will be messy every day of the year or something like that? So I kind of, I hated that one. And then what do I find myself doing every New Year's Eve before anything else, before the food is? I'm vacuuming like a madman, spraying Windex on the mirrors so there's no splatter marks. The Lysol and the toilet bowl, everything has to be spotless. I never thought I would be like this, you know, but that's something about me. It's like, I want New Year's Day. I want, you know, uh, that day to be the house to be clean. I um, think that was just her clever way of getting you to clean the house. Maybe you guys have never heard that one before about New Year's Day. Yeah, like, we have. We have like, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's not just me. For for some reason, that's now burned into me as well. I hate it, but it is what it is. So. <laughs> that's what that's what keeps it interesting for us as Greeks. You know, there's all these funny, quirky things that you know, whether we believe it or not, we find ourselves doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Awesome. It's very true. Awesome. Very well, true. thank you so much, Jim. That was no, thank you guys and congratulations again. I mean, I've been I've been flipping through the episodes. So much interesting content there. I mean, you guys really hit on something cool. Thank you. And, uh, Thanks, and I hope you keep, and I hope you keep doing it. And, and if Angie, if you don't know, um, Billy Zane's one of our biggest advocates in Chicago. Every time we advocate for uh, tax credit improvements, he's at the legislature. You know, talking about the industry. He'd be a fun guest to have on because that guy's got be. some stories. Oh yeah, I've hung out with Billy a couple of times at the LAGFF. I'm going to reach out to Billy. Okay, okay, okay. He's not, not, not. If I don't have his new number, I'm going to reach. Uh, you'll help me get. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. will get you to oh, come on. He, he actually <laughs> did me a favor. Guy. He did me a favor a few years ago because we, you know, in, in the two year in the in the thirty three years of business, we only had two. We've been lucky. We have, which I should say, instead of saying that we only have two, we actually have two movies that won Oscars, Best Picture Oscars that shot in our building. The one that Angela referred to is Chicago. The second one, uh, a friend of mine, Jay Miles Dale, he produced alongside Guillermo del Toro. It was called Shape of Water. Yes. So this thing, got, I don't know, 11, 13 nominations, some ridiculous number, number of nominations a few years ago. So, you know, the, the nominees flew off to L.A. And we kind of felt bad because the crew members are just going to be sitting at home watching this. We said, let's throw a party. So we rented the Palais Royale. You know the Palais Royale, uh, Angel, on Shore Boulevard? Beautiful Greek-owned uh, banquet hall facility. And I called Billy just on a whim in case he was in Chicago to come for a short-haul flight. to said, come, come add a little Hollywood glitz and glamour to our party. <laughs> and he says, you know, I'm flying from London that night to back to Chicago. Uh, why don't I do a stopover in, in Toronto? I said, amazing. I'll rent you the room. I'll pay the flight, change, whatever you need. So he comes to our, we throw a party for 400 people. Uh, we Billy Zane's being interviewed by anybody because he was in Titanic and it's a little bit of a real Hollywood is there that night. People yeah. come dressed in tuxes. We have an amazing, amazing time. And uh, a couple of days before that, Greek family owns the banquet hall. A couple of days before that, as we're walking around in honor of Guillermo, we made a tequila station and a taco station, you know, to, to honor our longtime client. And as I'm walking around, I said to the, the young lady who, who runs the facility, I said, you know, I gotta be honest with you there's a small chance when those guys get on stage uh, uh, in a couple of nights to, to we're going to win some awards for this movie because they have so many near and dear crew members and friends in this room. They may just mention Palais Royale. It might just happen. And if that happens, I want a very big discount. <laughs> and she says, and she says, yeah, of course. And the little lady who's behind her with the clipboard right now, she goes, only if we get direct business from it, sir, only if we get direct referral business from it. I said, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So we have the pig party. It's a huge success. But we go an hour into the programming. We still haven't won an Academy Award. So the room is a little bit quieter now. And the award comes up for best design. Billy Zane was working the room. Every girl was going up to him for the guy's like Adonis. Every girl's going up to him asking oh, yeah. for his autograph for oh, himself. Yeah. And the design uh, award, the design Oscar for, uh, for best design comes up. And I knew we had a really good shot at it. There's a Toronto boy named Paul Osterberry. Sure enough. They say shape of water. The room goes nuts. Everybody goes crazy. And sure enough, he grabs the Oscar. He gets up there. He says, before I say anything, all my crew members are partying tonight at the Palais Round Toronto. I want to give a shout out to what? them. The whole room goes crazy. Wow. I look across the room to the owner. I said, ah, discount. I said, discount. <laughs> discount. A billion people just heard that. <laughs> what Their social media just blew up. Now, apparently, in the history of the Oscars, nobody has mentioned a bar, a restaurant, or any kind of banquet establishment. <laughs> like that. So we made history that night. We helped that family boost their business. They have a great business anyway. But but Billy Zane did me a solid. Added a little glitz and glamour that night, and uh, 
it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh! Here, before I let you go, go. I have, to, I have, a, I have a video. Can I share? Can I share my screen? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think I, I think I have a video from that night uh, queued up here. Oh, that's cool. Can you guys? Uh, can you guys see? Yeah. Uh, I just looked at it earlier today. There it is. Well, best picture. That's uh, when Guillermo won best picture. That that was yeah. that was that was that one's too long. It's this one here for the I think for the design. I think we'll see. <laughs> That's little, so cool. Little piece of Cinespace uh, history that night on Oscar night. And it just made sense to throw a party because how often you get clients that clean up and right. yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, they had a blast. They had a blast. So, so guys, this has been uh, such an honor for me. Thank you very much. I'm sorry if we ran over, but I really oh, no, 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 we, this this was incredible like again uh, something that have all has always interested me when you know when we met angelo and we started hanging out with angelo you know he's introducing us to all these people which is just so cool i mean it's just it's to me it's the coolest thing in the world and you are, are a classic example of that and you represent all the things that we love to see in our fellow greeks you know success humility uh, giving back, uh, philanthropy, like you, you're the whole package, Jim. And thank you so much for being with us. It, it, it was an honor to meet you and, and amazing. Thank you guys. It was, it, it, all you guys are enterprising for starting this initiative. And I really, really appreciate you letting me be a, a small part of it. Keep, keep it up. And, uh, and I'd love to talk to you guys again after we're, we bring some more momentum to Greece. Uh, I do a follow-up story. Oh, absolutely. What else? Yeah. See, see what, what other exciting things we can announce there. Absolutely. Definitely. And okay. So we just, we want to say thank you to everybody out there who's watching, listening. Um, this is, this is one of the stories that, you know, this is what, this is why we do what we do. It's these types of stories, these types of people. Thank you everybody out there for watching, listening. Fati, thank you. Angelo, as always, you're awesome. We love you, buddy. Jim, amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, guy family uh you have seven kids you could adopt me eight with no big difference <laughs> but i gotta bring my my wife and my son too so it'll be <laughs> no <three problem>. fun <laughs> but thank you so much for being with us thank, thank you guys you very much god bless Thanks, all the best god bless. thank you very much appreciate Bye, it god bless take Bye -bye. care well, actually, Jim, you're the you're the host so you gotta end it <laughs> okay <laughs> happy to do it good night guys Kalita. all the best take care you too, you too.